The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. You're listening to the VPM Daily Newscast, the recap of today's top stories in Central Virginia. From the VPM Newsroom in Charlottesville, I'm Megan Moore. The Virginia NAACP announced on Tuesday it's suing Governor Glenn Youngkin's administration for withholding records. The group says it made a public records request in May related to the process Youngkin's office uses for restoring the rights of people with felony convictions. The NAACP alleges the governor failed to provide documents that should have been turned over under state law. A Youngkin spokesperson says the office provided more than 600 pages of documents to the group, including some records it didn't legally have to hand over. The promise of good jobs led some people to vote for prospective Richmond Casino in 2021, and it's on the ballot again. VPM News reporter Jad Khalil dug deeper into promises made about those jobs. Richmond and the companies hoping to bring a casino to the city have an agreement. The casino will hire at least 1,300 people and compensate them at an average of $55,000 a year. That doesn't mean casino employees are paid that much. Compensation can include health care, retirement, or other benefits. Unite Here is a union representing hospitality workers and could represent a lot of the prospective casino's workers. At a casino in Maryland, non-tip union members make $24 an hour, but their total compensation is $40 an hour. If the union negotiated a similar deal in Richmond, that would mean 60% of compensation is paid. For 55 grand in compensation, that works out just shy of $16 an hour. Casino operators and labor unions have negotiated and signed deals that hint at fair pay, they say, but they didn't make the text of those available. Jad Khalil, VPM News. The state legislature's research arm could begin looking into the scuttled $73 million VCU health development in downtown Richmond. A joint legislative audit and review commission subcommittee recommended on Monday that the plan to revamp the old public safety building be examined according to Richmond BizSense. Democratic Senator Janet Howell, who chairs the full commission, says she supports looking into the project. A list of issues to be studied by the commission should be finalized in November. Two resolutions drafted by the Richmond Teachers Union focusing on school facility concerns were discussed on Monday, but neither were made public in advance of the meeting following advice from the school district's legal counsel. One resolution outlined proposed policy changes to better address fire code violations in schools, while the other focused on air quality. School board member Kenya Gibson brought up the fire safety resolution for a vote, which failed. I want to give everybody on this board the opportunity to be on the right side of history. We have had two buildings burned down. Instead of discussing the air quality resolution, the district posted a draft policy detailing steps for students and staff to report mold and how those concerns would be addressed. The Bennu asteroid is about a third of a mile wide, and NASA says it's on a possible trajectory to Earth within the next 200 years. Scientists recently revealed the contents of a sample of the 4.5 billion year old rock that was brought back to Earth last month. Morning Edition host Phil Lyle spoke with Christopher Chuck Bailey, chair of the William and Mary Department of Geology about the asteroid. He's teaching a course this year on planetary geology and talking with students about Bennu. Hello, Professor Bailey. So uh, what goes through a geologist's mind when there's talk of asteroids? Well, that is a a great question. And, you know, asteroids are these, um, you know, mysterious bits of rock, some larger than others that uh, inhabit parts of our solar system. 
And I think for most geologists, uh, there, there are two things that get us excited about it. One is if you're interested in the history of the solar system, asteroids, um, in many instances, probably have clues about the very, very earliest parts of our solar system's history. So that's one of the reasons we're interested. And then secondly, especially uh, for those of us who live on planet Earth, um, we're interested in asteroids because they occasionally collide with Earth and um, you know, create all sorts of mayhem, uh, mass extinctions, large impact craters. And so the concern is, uh, looking forward, um, are there other asteroids out there that are potentially on a collision course with Earth? Scientists recently brought back fragments of Bennu. Can you explain why they did that and what we're trying to learn from that? I'll give it a shot. So it was in some ways a, a completely fabulous mission. You know, we launched a spacecraft in 2016. Uh, it got to the asteroid. It orbited it. It effectively mapped out the surface. Um, and it really looks like a sort of a, a dirty snowball with little bits of fuzz floating off of it. And all that fuzz is uh, material that formed early in the solar system's history. And then they deployed effectively a, a probe that um, very delicately, if you will, landed on the surface, punched a tiny hole in it, and uh, captured the regolith or the debris that's on the surface of that asteroid. Then it um, went back out into space and uh, returned to Earth with its little payload uh, of effectively um, asteroid dust. So why are we interested? This is a very dark asteroid. It's um, not very reflective. It's kind of grimy looking. And that probably tells us that this is a, a carbonaceous material. There's a fair bit of carbon in it, and carbon is one of the building blocks of life. And, you know, one of the big mysteries out there is how do we put carbon and amino acids together to ultimately, you know, build a beautiful world that we live on, um, and then has that happened in other places? So those are some of the aspects of why we wanted to sample this. So 35 million years ago, another asteroid slammed into Virginia, creating the uh, Chesapeake Bay. Is there anything we've learned from that event that can help us understand Bennu? Well, I think that is a, a fair question. And, you know, that was one bad day in Virginia 35 million years ago. And um, the disruption from what we call the Chesapeake Bay um, impactor was pretty significant. You know, there are thoughts that there were tsunamis that would have rushed outward from this wave at hundreds of miles an hour. There were lots and lots of organisms living in a very shallow sea. In fact, much of eastern Virginia would have been underwater prior to the, the meteorite arriving. And then it altered the geography of eastern North America, you know, ever since then. That is a very rare event, but they've happened in Earth history. We've had a, a number of mass extinction events that are likely related to um, big asteroids or comets which have impacted planet Earth. And these mass extinctions in some ways allow life to reset. So some organisms don't fare very well and they go extinct. And then others find sort of new opportunity in sort of the, the post-apocalyptic world. And in some ways that's how sort of mammals got uh, going. And ultimately that led to us. So, you know, if we think about deep time and Earth time, big changes in sort of our history have happened because of impacts on planet Earth. How different would the impact of Bennu be from that of the asteroid that hit Virginia so long ago? Well, a few things are, are probably different. The size is going to be different by uh, probably an order of magnitude, maybe by a factor of 10. Um, Bennu is about a quarter mile across from one side to the other. If an impactor of that size landed on Earth, it would be pretty catastrophic. But we think that the impactor that arrived in the Chesapeake Bay again, would have been on the order of a, a few kilometers across, maybe five to 10 kilometers across, and that was epically catastrophic. The other thing I'll say about Bennu is it, it's not very well put together. 
it's kind of a, a mixture of fairly light things that are not very cohesive. And one of the things that hopefully would happen if Bennu um, arrived in our atmosphere is a lot of it would break up upon entry. And so rather than one very large projectile doing a lot of damage, we would probably end up with uh, literally thousands and thousands of tiny space rocks. Hopefully most of them would uh, vaporize in the atmosphere, but it would be calamitous nonetheless to wherever it fell. Scientists say we still see the effects of uh, that asteroid's impact today. How so? Um, in this instance, you know, our geography was certainly impacted by the fact that the Chesapeake Bay impact structure created a, a pretty big hole in the ground. And what effectively happened is that crater was then partially filled by rivers and streams that were flowing towards that low spot. So a lot of the mid-Atlantic's geography, if you will, is impacted by, that was a pun, <laughs> that was impacted effectively by modifying the landscape. And so the rivers adjusted, and then our modern geography of where the rivers are in some ways was set by that one event that happened back then. And then to me, the thing that's, that's cool about the Chesapeake Bay impact structure is it really is not evident. You look on a map or a satellite image of the Chesapeake Bay, uh, the crater is sort of buried beneath the mouth of the bay. And it was buried by later deposits, the comings and goings of sea level. And it took a lot of scientists working pretty hard over the course of about a decade to actually figure out it was there. So, um, you know, one of the things about geology is that uh, they're exciting stories, but then the geologic record is oftentimes pretty good at covering its tracks. Are you afraid of this asteroid, or is it more of a fascination at this point? I would say at this point, it's a fascination. And um, this asteroid certainly is one that is on a potential collision course with Earth. And uh, people who worry about orbital dynamics say that, you know, we have a, a chance of that hitting us, um, you know, a few thousand years out. But the other thing we can learn from taking space probes to places like this is... Um, we can get a sense of whether we actually can um, affect the trajectory of these. Um, again, this was about a quarter mile, maybe a little more than a quarter mile in diameter. But one thought is, could we nudge an asteroid out of the way? And if we want to do that to get it to, to miss the Earth at some point, you know, how much energy are we going to have to put into uh, putting spacecraft on or around an asteroid? And then are there sort of consequences we haven't thought about for doing that? So in some ways, this was one of the test cases to see, can we actually get a spacecraft on an asteroid, and how could we mess with its orbital dynamics, if you will. Thank you, Professor Bailey, for taking the time. You bet, Phil. Thanks so much. This is VPM News. Richmond pedestrians will soon get more of a head start when crossing streets. That's because more than 100 crosswalk signals are being upgraded to give people several extra seconds to cross the street before drivers can turn. They're called leading pedestrian intervals, and they're intended to increase the visibility and safety of people crossing the street. Officials say the improvements can reduce the number of accidents between vehicles and pedestrians by up to 60%. Many of the upgraded signals will be near downtown Richmond, while others will be around VCU's Monroe Park campus. The federal government has chosen Jefferson Lab in Newport News to lead a national data science hub. Catherine Hafner with partner station WHRO News explains. The U.S. Department of Energy is giving the new hub between $300 and $500 million. Jefferson Lab will build infrastructure for scientific research that requires a lot of data. Think things like artificial intelligence and supercomputer simulations. The hub in Newport News will help streamline that research around the country by providing a central computing platform. Officials say researchers plugged into that platform would be able to access large amounts of data and quickly. Jefferson Lab plans to partner with local universities as the project develops. 
That was Katherine Hafner with partner station WHRO News. The Goochland County Board of Supervisors ditched a plan that would have allowed significant growth to Centerville, or as it's better known, Mannequin Sabat. More than 200 residents voiced their objections to the plan, which would have enabled chain businesses and denser housing to be located there, according to the Richmond Times-Dispatch. The county paid at least $250,000 to consultants while developing the plan. Three of the five county supervisor seats will be on the ballot this fall, which means future plans for Centerville could be determined by the newcomers. This has been the VPM Daily Newscast. Some of these stories may have changed since the newscast was recorded. You can stay connected to what matters by heading to vpm.org news or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyVPM. VPM. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.